Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. I'm just joking. What went off the rails? Oh, this would have gone off the rails. Oh, did you start recording? I did. Yeah, I know you right. did. Yeah. yeah. Of course I did. Okay. Well, you got a nice... Well, welcome to, to <laughs> welcome to Legacy right, Matters. Welcome to oh, Legacy Matters. Sing, our, yes. sing your way into yeah, it? Kind of. All right. Okay. That's so what welcome. we're going to do now. Today is Tuesday morning. Yeah, The week before in... Christmas. Jim. Yeah. Weather report. Can we say it's the year 2019? 2019. 2019. Coming up on the big 2 Yeah. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Wow. Um, so here we are. Yep. Week before Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, weather is huge. Yeah, actually, it's pretty nice out today. It's pretty not nice. too I, you cold. Know what? It, it's so, really nice. We got the window cracked. I thought it was a little bit funny. Uh, when I went out the door this morning and went to my truck, it's, it registered at 22 degrees mm-hmm. in the truck on the little thermometer thing. And then I looked at my phone and it said it was 22 degrees. So the, those two things were in, in sync. sync. Yep. Yep. And and my truck was it was melting. Things were melting off of it because oh, the sun nice had been change. up for a little while. Sure. And I'm like, it's if it's 22 degrees and it's mm-hmm. melting, that's right. a that's a nice day. You know, that's, that's going to be a good, day. Good, good day in Minnesota. Day in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Um, well. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's great. Great. (laughs) Uh, Just a reminder to our listeners. First of all, thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam and I, when Jim was on vacation. That sounds like a fish. Did a little bit of a, huh? Like a Sam and I. Oh, Sam. I know. Sam. Sam. Whatever. Yeah. Sam. We we did a little um, tutorial how to subscribe or find us on Apple and Google because there seemed to be a little bit of confusion for people that don't normally listen to podcasts. So you can find that on our Facebook page and we're going to put it up on the LegacyMattersPodcast.com website too. Awesome. So we would love any review you could give us and tap that those five stars. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's fair to point out that subscribing does not mean that you're going to pay us because no, there's no we just generally don't get paid for anything. No monetary, so <laughs> right? Today's sharing everything. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, oh, God. I don't know what. All right. Oh, you. All right, too. we have a guest here. Oh, we do. Yes. Christina. 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 Rody. Correct. Got it. Nice job. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely screw this up, but uh, from we're gonna say that you are on the board of Voyagers National this Park. Is going well so far. Yeah, was that good? Okay, good. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Christina. Welcome, it's Christina. Welcome. Thanks for yes, coming in. Please let us know a little bit more because we're clearly getting everything. It's great. I'm the executive director okay. of Voyagers National Park Association. Okay. We're the charitable partner to Minnesota's only national park. Oh, gotcha. Well, that that completely puts... is that okay? No, it's <laughs> great. It's great. It's, it's better. It's great, but yeah, that's um, it. Like it, it's. I'm gonna have to change around in my mind mm. what I thought it was. So you're part of the charitable organization that helps support efforts within the park. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Most that's... national parks have some sort of partner, uh-huh. whether it's Yellowstone or Acadia. We all, they all have partners like us. 
Why do we only have one park, one national park in our state? We do have actually six. Fun, well, fun quiz. One. We're the only park we have six <laughs> national park units within the state of Minnesota. Oh, but they're all within that within so, that system. Yes. So all managed under the National Park Service nationally. Yeah. So Mississippi River, Saint Croix, Voyagers, Grand Portage. Pipestone National Monument. Don't get this wrong. Your, your fellow parky And then are um, the North Country Scenic Trail, which is actually kind of in development, but that's within the National Park Service as well. Okay. Wow. And, and Jim is opening the map. So I'm looking at a map because I don't know where this park is. This is pretty normal. Unfortunately, so many Minnesotans <laughs> don't know about Voyager's National Park. That's what we're trying to change. Right. Well, so it keeps guess me up what? At night. Now I know. So you've added one to the list, me. Yes. <laughs> so that's decent, right? Here we go. Let's go. Okay. So this, I mean, so I'm looking at this. I, I, I'm I mean, watching. this is like a part. It looks like an island to me. <laughs> it is a water-based. More, you really ha- Voyager's is unique. Mm-hmm. In that it is 40% water, and you can't drive through it. Like so many national parks, you like get in your RV, drive right. through a gate. Voyagers is all about getting out on the water. Right. Okay, so you have to, you have to paddle to it or <laughs> boat to it? I'm picturing you doing this right now. Sorry. Um, I usually like I'm to. So, I'm so loving watching he, his little really mind loves be expanded. The, he loves the pontoon boat. I'm more of a boat kind of a guy. Yeah. No, we have boats. So it is okay. a multi-recreation park. So motorized boats are there. Okay. Uh-huh. Houseboats. Houseboats. Houseboats Floating are a cabin. huge thing in Voyager. A huge are thing. Are they? They're all over. They yeah. like Houseboats are kind of one of the things mm-hmm. that people do. So people can rent them? Yeah. For, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Portage Which them, is a though, really so you great can... way to experience the park. It okay. is. But so, if you're you a... sl- so you're hanging on the houseboat mm-hmm. by the park. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're getting off the houseboat bar- and then exploring. I don't yeah. know why this is so funny. <laughs> why is he laughing so I didn't, much? Because, I didn't do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, a, it's a piece of land with yeah. a whole bunch of lakes and some rivers and everything right. else. And it's all connected. And you can drive to the edges of it. And you can mm. you can go into it on a houseboat, mm. your own boat. You can paddle through it, and then you can. It's and it's right next to Boundary Waters, so you can paddle from there into other gotcha. places. I'm just I I just this love is, that you're this like is so. This Sam's wheelhouse because yeah. normally it's, it's yeah. uh, Jim you and know I. more well, than the average person well, I talk there. to. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Plus, yeah. I I work for almost 20 years at a boys' camp, and yeah. I guided canoe trips all over the place, cool. so I know all about your park. I don't know I shit. Love it. But I, I'm interested. I mean, I'm like looking at it. It's like, look, looks big. It looks huge. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I, I talk to a lot of Minnesotans that don't know we have a national park in our state or they mm-hmm. think Voyagers is in Canada or they think it's part right. of the Boundary Waters. Oh. Um, so a lot of the outreach and education work we do is just kind of telling people about this special place, why it's important, telling them how to explore it because really our national park's are for everyone mm-hmm. so it's so important for people to get up there and right. experience it for themselves is that is that a real thing that people don't know that much? oh I, yeah so so <laughs> in, in other words like here sarah you can look too like if you're you know from kentucky yeah right you're saying let's go visit a national park and and immediately you go to Yellowstone or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. People don't think, oh, I should go to yet another national park that is in northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's what the outreach is all about? 
I mean, for somewhat, like I, I, I definitely do a lot of presentations and talks and more people than not have, have never been there or have kind of started to hear about it. Um, in 2016, it was the centennial of the National Park Service across the U.S. So there was a lot of like press and media around that. And I think that actually helped raise mm-hmm. our awareness and profile a little bit. But we are on the undervisited, lesser known mm-hmm. side of the national parks, I would say. So when I was a kid, uh, I lived in Bemidji and we fished a little lake. And I won't name it, but we fished a little lake. And then um, it was... You know, it was my family and a few other pe- local people that went out there, and then someone, uh, someone semi-famous, put it into a, a publication and said, "Here's a hidden gem that no one goes yeah. to, and now you can't go there." There's people lined up around the whole shore fishing the little lake mm-hmm. all the time. I'm making that up; it doesn't really happen. But there's it's been fished out. Is there any, is there any part of you that's like? appreciative of the idea that it's a little under mm-hmm. understood <laughs> under known i know a lot of our like visitors and supporters anyone listening to me right now might be like shut up chris yeah don't yeah. tell like, them <laughs> <tell> <laughs> right. yeah no i have a friend john he said that he was like i don't know if i want you to do presentations <laughs> about the park or create videos um i do think it one really cool thing about voyagers is it is so wild and you can really go there and feel so remote and alone and like have this quiet wilderness type experience in a national park where so many you're kind of surrounded by tourists or you know not that they aren't still fabulous but we do have that awesome solitary like quiet there still which is pretty great i i made uh i made reference on the show with chris coleman too i talked about uh a spot on the mississippi that i hunt Mm. The down by Hastings and and the same thing came up like I said oh this is my like quiet spot where no one else goes and and he said something like well don't you feel like you just exposed it and the truth is that it's the barrier to entry is that it like you have to have the right equipment and the right n- knowledge to be able to actually do it and I feel like Voyagers is somewhat protected by that same thing it's mm-hmm. not like it's not a driving park. It's a well. Can that was I? I was going to ask boating that. Boating and canoeing. So, park. can you drive to any portion of it, or how does how does that work? Yeah, kind of the southern edge is where you drive to, mm-hmm. but most of the main elements of the park are accessed by water. So mm-hmm. you can definitely drive to the visitor centers, mm-hmm. three main visitor centers, um, but all of the campsites within the park are only accessible by water. But, and there are a lot of them, correct? Yes. So there's 270 wow. campsites wow. and houseboat sites. And the really cool thing about those is they're all designed so you can never see another campsite from yours. Mm. So Ooh, it like kind of adds to that yeah. like cool solitary experience. Uh-huh. And, yeah. It's a scary uh, experience, yeah. too. Yes. Yes. Like in the woods, <laughs> scary. Well, that's right. Right? I mean, like how close are they to each other? I mean, if you don't or think- if camping isn't... Up your alley. There are many lodges. There are many lodges neighboring the park. Right. You can sleep in a bed. Oh, okay. Well, with a roof. There you go. There you go. That's right. (laughs) There's even luxury lodges of some sort. Was there bears on it? You know, like what? What, yeah, are, the, what are the scary stuff that yeah. happens? Like, what should people be concerned about? 
Okay. I'm just We're not going to lead in with the positives here. We're going to be scary. Okay. <laughs> Plus, it's still just Minnesota. Yeah, we don't I have, know. like, I that know. is another cool thing. Like, even though I see wolves all the time up there, which mm. is so cool. But that we don't have cool. wolf-human interactions. No. We don't. <laughs> Every campsite has a bear locker. Sure. You know, right. you're, like your normal they stuff. They do? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a new thing? Yeah, all, we have we have National Park Service amenities. I would say our but a bear campsites locker? are lush. When protecting your food from the bears, you mm. don't put the bear <laughs> in the locker. Yeah, bear cages for the. Yeah. No, I I knew immediately, yeah, but <laughs> but I, when I was there, they didn't have bear lockers. How yeah. how old is that? I don't I don't know, but we've had them for at least the past five to ten. Yeah, yeah most it was of them. probably yeah. 10 or okay. 15 years okay. ago that I was there. But, mm-hmm. um, so so instead of instead of the old uh, throwing the rope over the tree branch and, right, and pretending like you're actually hanging, it's, I, nope. I, I have paddled a lot mm-hmm. of miles in bear country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, we're talking black bears, which, uh, again, I love it. I love it when people, I don't like that people kill the black bears, even mm-hmm. though hunting's okay. I'm a hunter. I get it. But, but what I don't like about the the black bear thing is that they always they always m- stuff them as if they're like attacking, yeah. and a black bear is like a it's like a, they're easily a wild, startled. It's like right. a wild dog or cat, kind of halfway between. That all it really wants to do is eat your butter. Yeah. It doesn't want to hurt you. <laughs> Generally speaking, they don't. You know, it's very rare that yeah. a bear actually attacks a human. Mm-hmm. And it's usually because the human did something really stupid. Yeah. So, but you have bear lockers so yeah. to keep the food safe. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the food safe. <laughs> we have one of the more stable populations of moose in the state. Oh. Wow. Um, an amazing recovered bald eagle population. Oh. Amazing birding opportunities mm-hmm. there. Um, we have a robust beaver population. We have... Um, a National Geographic writer characterized Voyagers. He said, you know, Yellowstone has its bison and Voyagers has its beavers. Um, that, so there's, I was going to ask, yeah. is that like something, is, is that normally uh, an asset to have a lot of beavers? Yeah, they create a lot of really interesting habitat for other species. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of interesting wildlife biology around beaver, wolf, beaver, moose interactions. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, the flora and fauna of the park. Okay. Yeah. So... Christina, where are you mm-hmm. from? I'm originally from Pennsylvania. What? Yeah. Well, where in Pennsylvania? You're not even a Minnesotan. Yeah. I know, but that gives me a unique perspective. It sure does. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Don't listen to them. Yeah. Where in Pennsylvania are you from? Allentown. Allentown. Oh, how, how, did you, how did you make your way here? Yeah, so I moved around growing up. I moved every two years of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, military family. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing that relates to who I am today is I... We we didn't have a lot of resources growing up, and the the thing we would do is we'd always go to the state or national park nearest to where we moved. And and I just remember my whole childhood, my memories are packing up in the car, my dad forcing us to wear like a water bottle and horrible '80s hiking boots and mm-hmm. like all of those things. But now I appreciate it now. <laughs> but I I really got to experience the country through national parks, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I landed here today. So, so did you come here specifically to do this? I, d- I moved to the Twin Cities for, um, frankly, for its awesome nonprofit community. Mm, so I moved here yes. out of college knowing that there were just a lot of great nonprofit organizations here and that that was where I wanted to land. Where was uh-huh. college? 
if you don't mind. <laughs> Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, this is radio. Well, radio. Yeah. <laughs> Digital. It's yeah, whatever it is. Uh, you can't see your face. What's the what's the Augustana thing about? Like um, people town? make fun of me for going to school in Sioux Falls, Why? South Dakota. Why? But it's not that bad of a community. No, no, it's no. Great. That's good. Yeah, but that's it's great. a great place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, people make fun of people for a lot of different things that yeah. they probably shouldn't make fun <laughs> of people for. So They make fun of me from being from Wisconsin. No. Oh. It, it seems like I was made fun of right now, not knowing about Voyager. <laughs> and so. They make fun of I me for that. talking too much. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so well, right. you know, we're, we all get made fun of. <laughs> okay, so you, so you specifically came here, you know, for the nonprofits, but you didn't have this in mind Mm-mm. necessarily. No, okay. this job kind of fell on my lap and Uh I'm very grateful for it now and um yeah our organization we're we're here in the Twin Cities Mm -hmm. um and like I said all of our national parks have kind of friends group partners like us because there's a lot of things national parks can't do on their own sure um federally mandated yeah just like they can't fundraise for themselves they can't really do a lot of outreach and community engagement outside of their borders um, and they can't do advocacy so if there's an environmental threat um things like that we can really mobilize people who care about the park and be that community of people kind of giving back and helping to protect this place can I ask, I don't know if it's a stupid question, because I should probably, probably know this. <laughs> gotcha. How many national parks oh, are there? you're going to get me on this one. Okay. Oh. It's, the number is always in flux. Sure. There's parks with a capital P. Uh-huh. I think we're in the 61 range. Wait a minute. Okay. What is that? What does that mean? So national park being Yellowstone National mm-hmm. Park. But then the National Park Service manages, I think it's over 490-some National seashores, like national forest, monuments, or, right. battlefields. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the mall at Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., these are all managed by the National Park mm-hmm. Service. So it's mm-hmm. much bigger than you think. And that, those really add up into like the 400 sure. plus range, which so is pretty 60, cool. 61. So does every state have one? No. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Who, who are the unlucky ones who don't I have don't one? I think Wisconsin has one. <gasps> Sorry. Well, they have Johnny. Johnny. No, lots I don't know. Cheese, I'm not though. sure. Yeah, there's a few that don't. And then <laughs> there's places sense, yeah. like California and Alaska right. that have like five to ten. Right, How right. does one become a park ranger? Oh. <laughs> Which you are not, but yeah, Nora, you may not even have an answer yeah. to that. I, just, I mean, cool. I'll ask I'm you something curious. about. You're like, giving me some challenges. I love it. Um, no, let her, let her no. answer. It just seems like a fun. I mean, you know, Sam, I'm not the most. But I did grow up camping a mm. ton with my family. We went to Yellowstone. I can kind of hold my own. I'm not a Sam Devine. I, wait a minute. Can I point out the fact that you grew up in the only state that she could think of that didn't have any national parks? Yeah. It's not your fault. <laughs> you grew up in Wisconsin I where s- they don't do parks. <clears throat> oh, I get it. Okay. okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just my, my point has. being is I did grow up, you know, very much doing that stuff. I am not a Sam Devine where I can go out in the middle of nowhere and be okay. I like my little comforts. But... Point being, I always thought growing up, we did go to Yellowstone, and I I adored going there, and I always thought, wow, it would be so fun to be a park ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Do, I mean, you're just... Do you have any knowledge I, of what it takes to be a park sure, ranger? For sure. Like, I think I'm people... Sure a, I think insane. park rangers are, like, that symbol of the park service that people mm-hmm. just love. Like, mm-hmm. they are... 
like I think there is actually this study that the Park Service is the most tr- trusted arm of the federal government. I believe that. Right? And I think rangers are like such a face of that. And, mm-hmm. and I think, unfortunately, their job day to day is a lot harder, mm-hmm. like with the limited resources sure. they're, they're working with. Um, and it is a little more competitive than you would think to get your foot in the door. Sure. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like um, federal hiring practices mm-hmm. that are challenging and you have to kind of get your foot in the door with seasonal work. So like... You graduate college, you're in your 20s, you're traveling from park to park, you're working down at Big Bend in Texas in the winter, you're working up at Voyagers in the summer, so you kind of have to like do your time with that kind of grunt work, seasonal work, Mm -hmm. then earn your hiring status, and then get your foot in the door to an actual more full-time ranger position, so it is a challenge. Mm. You really answered that skillfully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was was like, wow. All right, that's... (laughs) So, all right, so you're based here, though, (laughs) in the Twin Cities. So what kind of events, like, how do you... How do you raise awareness and money? Uh, Great question. Um, So our organization is all funded through individuals and foundations, uh, people who give us contributions because they just love Voyagers and know that we're kind of a way to give back to the park. Um, We have corporate support, foundation support, and in the Twin Cities area, we do... um, So kind of two things. One, I will always come to your group and talk about the park. You know, I definitely love to visit with rotary organizations and those types of groups. We're always at kind of some of the outdoor expos. Um, Schools? Do you go to schools? We've started to do a little bit more of that. Um, And we are. Because kids are like sponges. I know. know They're the the real important ones. They are. Yeah. Yeah, You should start hitting schools. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. We did just hire a youth and education person to help Uh, with that, which we're really pumped about. Um, And we have a teen ambassador program where we get some kids from the Twin Cities up there and ambassador being have them tell their peers about the park because it's so important for that to be peer-to-peer um beyond that we do have some fun events throughout the Twin Cities we do a pints for the park series because brewery events are okay drinking in parks overdone but still fun um Uh, (laughs) I'm in yeah (laughs) count me in yeah, so we'll, we love to, like, bring um, people doing cool work in the park. We recently worked with the Voyager's Wolf Project on an event at ABLE. If you don't follow them online, Voyager's Wolf Project has, like, the best videos and photos on their social media. Um, and what is that? So they're a research project in the park that uh-huh. we, we partner with them. Um, so they're actually doing research on the wolf population at Voyager's, but they have, like, trail cams, and they actually captured oh. the first known video footage of a Yeti. wolf <laughs> for sarah i was bigfoot is it bigfoot say it's bigfoot yeah, it's bigfoot you you can finish the sentence <laughs> <laughs> it's not bigfoot no damn it a wolf fishing freshwater fish ah yeah. that is totally Which cool. Is so cool so are they yeah. they're probably um what do you call it i'm totally off uh time yeah like uh, time lapse like time lapse mm-hmm. whatever trail cams yeah okay and I actually, I actually had heard about that, about the wolf catching. No, because yeah. it's a big deal. It, is. They, it, it was, it, got, it was like in the New York Times. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, that's how I know because that stuff pops up in my feeds. But, but the deal was they, like, what I recall from the article is that they kind of always knew it happened, but they'd never been Captured able to prove it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they, they knew somehow they did it, mm-hmm. but they never figured it out until they so actually cool. figured it out. Yeah, that's very cool. And that happened at Voyagers. Yeah. I'm, I may have missed that part. How big is your organization? Like, how many people are in in yours? The foundation. Your foundation. Yeah. yeah um, 
I would say we're small but mighty. Yeah. We have a lot of volunteers that support <laughs> our work. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about 500 families who support us. Oh. So like 500 Minnesota families and growing. Okay. Is it d- beyond Minnesota at all? Yeah. Like can, do, do people from your home state? <laughs> Darn right. Uh, <laughs> my grandpa does. Uh, Good. Nice. Yeah. You know, it is like, yeah, like visitation of Voyagers and like our supporters. So about 50% of park visitors come from the Twin Cities metro area. And then yep. it's a little bit what you would expect, like then Wisconsin, Illinois are kind of mm-hmm. the next big chunk. Indiana. They yep. don't have a lot of lakes there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to bring up the fact. So I worked at a boys camp in uh, Bemidji and we used the park mm-hmm. we we paddled in it we did houseboats you know we've done a lot of stuff in how that. can I ask how far from Bemidji a drive it is about an, well it's I fall so about an hour 15 okay. hour 30 yep. from because you're our on park. the board are you a, you're near to the border of Canada mm-hmm. okay yeah yep. All right. yep and um you know I know of the resource I know that it's a beautiful place and I, it's what I think is it's, I don't know if it's bad or good, but like there's a lot of kids that come up here from other places for the summer and they, they summer at these camps. And for whatever reason, uh, it was something, you know, a few years ago, there was like, uh, name the 50 best things of Minnesota thing for like explore Minnesota and like parks and camps don't ever make it into the kind of general knowledge of hmm. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I, like people don't realize that that there's these little spots all over northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, where kids come from not only all around the country, but maybe all around the world. Mm-hmm. And they spend their summers enjoying these fantastically beautiful places, Voyagers, Boundary Waters, just all over Minnesota. And we Minnesotans don't even know that that happens. Right. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We are. I, I one of the another reason I moved here was Minnesota is a progressive, outdoor loving state, yeah. and I still like am truly amazed by. I have a lot of great conversations with people that just are like, "Where is Voyagers?" And yeah. definitely people who have been going to the Boundary Waters every summer their whole life, or like North Shore. Um, so yeah, I yeah. I just love that we kind of have this mosaic of like. North Shore to Boundary Waters to Voyagers to Lake of the Woods. Like, how unique is that Mm -hmm. to have Mm -hmm. that tapestry of protected space that you can enjoy in different ways? You know, Voyagers with a motorized boat, Boundary Waters with a canoe. Like, I just think it's so cool to have that combination right next to each other. And for the novice and the, you know, seasoned canoe person. Did you hear all the beautiful words? I know. Yeah, I know. I was like, man, you're either highly trained or... Or are you really, no, really? Yeah. no, you have a true You're good. I'm, passion, I'm sitting here passion. thinking, like, that's what I'm doing this summer. I am I going. Think I am, you. you know? Should we rent a houseboat? Yeah. Doesn't you that know, sound yes. kind of fun? Yes. You should. And I love that it's like, I think some places are intimidating. And Voyagers is a more intimidating national park mm-hmm. to visit. And uh, it can be if you're not comfortable it. in the sure, boat. I get it. Sure. But I also think, how cool is it that you could drive up there? Yeah. You could rent a houseboat. You could go in a park service tour boat. Uh, you, there's different uh-huh. ways to access the park, um, to get out on the water, to experience it, and to kind of test what you love to do in nature. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna further that plug by saying uh, Voyagers, whereas the Boundary Waters, the Boundary Waters, it's it's similar in the sense that you you drive to the edge of it, you 
maybe go to a, an outfitter, you rent a canoe, and then you're kind of on your own. That's right. the whole point mm -hmm. of the Boundary Waters. And Voyagers, is, it's similar. Don't get me wrong. It's mm -hmm. very similar. But Voyagers has a, ultimately, maybe it's because it's part of the National Park Service and not just a wilderness area. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, got, it's got more amenities. You still feel you still feel very much like you're out in nature, but you have, it's, you feel protected in right. a certain sense. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have help and. Yeah, it, like there, people are uh, in the Boundary Waters occasionally, they find the lost traveler years later, right? Mm. In Voyagers, you're, they're not, you're not going to find the person years later. They're going to come help you if you need help, right. which I don't want to scare people, but it's yeah. just the way it works. Sure. It's, yeah. Boundary Waters is a vast wilderness. So is Voyagers, but there's a little bit of protection sure. built in yeah. from the National Park Service. Yeah, for sure. It hmm. makes it very I mean, accessible. that's more my speed. I would never just go to Boundary Waters. It's and, completely know. accessible is right. what I'm saying. Right. If you have zero knowledge of how to go out and camp, you can probably still survive a weekend or a, or a week in in Voyagers. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. They'll help you. Jim, Jim, <laughs> even you can make it. Well, I'm looking at Sarah like, we'll be on the houseboat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, can I just say something about houseboats? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Lord, you can be out in the middle of a national park and you can like call your houseboat company and be like, I ran out of ice or whiskey. What? And they no, will no. shuttle it out to you. It's true. It Whoa. <laughs> okay. Now you just... Jim. Get out totally. your calendar. Oh that my is gosh. the coolest thing. I mean, wow. That's, that's so fun. You, <laughs> you invoked my name as, you know, I'm no Sam Devine, as if, like, I'm not. there are wilderness people beyond, well, well know, beyond but, my but wilderness abilities. Well, not that you don't tout your own horn, but you are very skilled. Way so too I'm Minnesotan just... to be proud of anything okay. that I've done. But anyway, uh, no, but the, there is zero shame in in finding your way to the wilderness on something even as luxurious as a houseboat in oh, Voyagers. No that, it's set up for that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why I'm saying it's, I'm trying to make the point that it's an easy entree point for people. Yes. Absolutely. Even though I have a bit of knowledge about camping and I could swing it, houseboat. You so can still go. go there and just have a blast. This so Christina, yeah. what happens in winter out there? Is everything frozen? Do you walk to mm -hmm. the... Fun fact, there are more roads in Voyagers National Park in the winter of than course. there are in the Ice summer. Okay. Ice roads. Yeah. Ice road trucker style. Yes. There are um, January, February, March. Awesome time to do winter exploration up at Voyagers. Mm -hmm. um, we are one of two national parks that allow snowmobiling. Oh, yeah. So us in Yellowstone. Um, on top of that, there are two ice roads maintained by the National Park Service, so you can like literally be driving for hours on a frozen ice service. Did you first do that when you came to Minnesota? I actually did. The yeah. first time I went to Voyagers was in February. Okay. So, so I, I mean, saw everything frozen. Because from Pennsylvania, they don't drive on any no. lakes down <laughs> did there. Did that freak you out? I was kind of just blown away by how long I was driving and I was yeah. still on a lake. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't, you don't like that. You don't like you driving don't, on I, lakes? Not anymore, no. Uh -uh. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, <laughs> no. I don't like driving. I you mean, don't have to. On a snowmobile, I'm much more comfortable. Yes. You know, but 
car yeah. just seems heavy. Seems wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will reiterate that the Park Service staff check the ice almost daily. Uh, I if I was going to go on any rangers road, right. checking that ice thickness. A National Park Service maintained yes. road. Yes, and I, I agree. Right. And believe me, I know it's all good. Yeah. 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 You know, oh, but, I hear you. But yeah. Something about it is a little, feels a little wrong. Unnerving. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It, I mean, it, it should be unnerving. Um, I mean, you should be a little cautious when you right. drive a vehicle so, but, on but, ice. But everything is in full swing during the winter, too. I would say lim- um, some services are limited. Not all of our okay. visitor centers are sure. open. And not every lodge up there stays open year-round. So it's important to do your research first. Mm-hmm. Um, the ice roads typically don't open until mid to late January, too. So if, you're, if that's what you really want to do, just check before you drive up. Um, and then beyond your, you know, obviously there's amazing cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling. We have our own official sledding hill. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Is that what Does you're it, waiting for? No. Or no. Okay, I'm getting there. Sarah and I <laughs> both I are just like, want to hear, ooh, I want to hear all the things you can do on or through the ice in the winter. Oh. We do have a bit of ice fishing. Oh, do you? <laughs> I love it. But, okay, my favorite thing yeah. in the winter it's a really wonderful time for night sky viewing. Oh, oh yes. for sure. And yes. it's just like longer nights, crisper skies. Um, uh-huh. We do occasionally get the northern lights. Mm. Okay. And even if you don't get the northern lights, the night sky is epic. Yeah. Um, one really fun thing we're actually doing is we are pursuing official dark sky park certification. Oh, that's awesome. What, what is, does that what mean? What does that mean? Oh, yeah. That Wait sounds for really it. interesting. I thought you were going to... Well, it's just light pollution is almost non-existent up there. It is. Like, if you look at a map of light pollution across the U.S., we are, like, one of the very few dark places remaining. And so the certification kind of helps us tell that story, preserve the darkness that we have through the process. We'll actually be changing our light fixtures in the park. Um, We might be talking to local communities around the park, like, if they want to opt in to changing some of their lighting, too. So really saying darkness is a natural resource that deserves protection mm-hmm. and getting the certification to tell that story and keep it protected mm-hmm. and then from that we're actually working regionally with other places in canada and the u.s to get a regional certification so we might become the first international um dark sky certification That's cool. that is really so cool. cool yeah Do you get you a know- lot of amateur astronomers then right yeah, up there. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Um, my favorite story though is taking our teen ambassadors up to the park and camping in the summer and just kind of laying out on a rock and then like looking up and asking what that was. And I said, "That's the Milky Way. Like, you can see it with your <laughs> naked eye. That's the Milky Way." And like literally watching their minds melt in front right. of your eyes, like just Isn't like that, just what? like your, it's life changing. Yes, that is one of my favorite things about camping yes yep. you know yes. is to be out the there in that gazing. darkness uh-huh. you know yep. that true dark god you guys are making me sad i've spent so much of my life doing that and it is it's it does it think, is of, all, think of all the people like, in the world that maybe don't have a chance to see that mm-hmm. it's you know that's predominantly predominantly people who live in cities because it, sure. you can go anywhere in the world where it's not where you're where you're not polluted with light, right? And and you'll see that. Like at Minneapolis, if we shut it all down for a night, big, huge sky above us. It's always there. Mm-hmm. You just have to get away from everything to be able to see and it. And sometimes that's a luxury for some people. It is a luxury, yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right, you guys. Let's let's uh, 
let's take a small break and okay. we'll come back with Christina and we'll talk uh, we'll talk park and, and about your life. Whatever okay. else. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit JamesHolmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. All right, are we back? back. Um, Christina, I was going to let you know, uh, we don't, you said, you just said a moment ago that you're, you know, enough to be dangerous. Yeah. We don't ever portend to uh, Did deal you say in, portend? I know. I was like, ooh, good word, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real word. It is, is it a not? real God, word. God, you made me, I got it's embarrassed a, for a minute. It's a real word. Port, it's the right word. Portend. <laughs> yeah. To uh, deal in truths. They, the other day, the other day. <laughs> so, At least on our side. Yeah, we no, no, we, guests, we, right. we, 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 like, I'll say that you're, I believe that there are probably 61 uh, national parks because you said that, okay, right? great. And then, and then there's 490 some other, you know, that's because you said that. Mm-hmm. But like six weeks from now when someone comes on the show and they ask that question, I'll be like, there's 42, I know this for a fact, <laughs> yeah. there's 42 national parks and there's 870 affiliate things. Yeah, something like that. I heard it just yes. <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago. Love it. So yeah, that's that's the way we deal with facts around here, <laughs> <laughs> to get them wrong. So you do whatever you do, because I know you don't work for the Park Service, but you're answering on their behalf. But I'm friends with them, They'll, if they listen. Yeah, don't well, worry, they're not going to hold it against me. you, right? And so you kind of <laughs> answered one of the questions I was wondering, because you get to spend time in the park you do find time to go up there correct yes of yeah. course and actually enjoy the place that you're it's so important yeah 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 even though i office in the twin cities so when i'm here i'm fundraising meeting with people building partnerships mm-hmm. um 
doing outreach events, et cetera, uh, when I'm up there. I'm also doing some meetings, but I have been able to camp on all of the major lakes, take all the tour boats. I've hiked on at least a portion of all the trails. It's so important to stay connected to your work. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Can you, uh, for me, name some of the major lakes? Cause, because I know, but I want to just, like, it's pretty impressive. There's some great lakes up there. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Let's Let's just do a few. So big biggies, Rainy Lake, yep. which most of it is in Canada, but a portion of that is in Voyagers. Cabotogama. Yep. When you see that word, you will say, "How do you pronounce that?" Uh-huh. Cabotogama. The word toga is in the middle. Uh-huh. Um, Sandpoint and Namakin. So those are our four biggies, and then Crane Lake is our is kind of an entry lake. It's not technically in the park, but it's totally a part of our park community. Yep. Awesome. And these are, I'm telling you, this is some beautiful, beautiful wilderness yeah. up there. Yeah, it's a customs um, checkpoint. Yeah, you can cross over to Canada if you Interesting. want. Interesting. Yes. Okay. The northern border is the U.S.-Canadian border. So actually the border of the park is the route of the Voyager fur traders. So their actual paddling route is what makes the U.S.-Canadian border. So when you see like a weird squiggle line, it's kind of a following the route that the they would have paddled through huh. that area for the fur trade. So John John Lurie, the author of uh, Canoeing with Jose, we had on last week. So this this watershed, gosh, I'm trying to think. Part of this is this is the part of the country where the watershed part of it goes to Superior and part of it goes to. We are li- draining to Hudson Bay. Yeah, yep. Lake Winnipeg, and if you so if so when you drain up to Lake Winnipeg. The Nelson actually takes a, the bulk of the flow out of Lake Winnipeg, but the Ekamamish and the Hayes were the traditional fur trading route. And that's hmm. up to York Factory on Hudson Bay, which is what John paddled, which is what I paddled. So that's, it's, I know this, the water that is there, I've paddled out to the bay. I love it. Cool. I love it. Hmm. Yeah. Such a. So you were, became a park in 1975. Yeah, it says oh. that the, the year of my birth. Oh, how great! That's just uh, that we're that's the same age. So that's not very old at all. No, yeah, we're or something like that. We're on well, the newer side. Yeah. The land is a lot older than that, though. <laughs> yeah, we know that. So. <laughs> oh, God. But it says okay, it was first proposed as a national park in 1891. Yeah, by people concerned about encroaching industry. That's pretty. Government moves fast. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but I'm saying, you know, 18 because the nimble. national the National Park Service wasn't created until the early 1900s by Roosevelt, right? Teddy I think Roosevelt. you could, yeah, for sure. Facts, all facts yes. on the show. Yes, for sure. I'm pretty sure it was no, Roosevelt. No, I think you're right. Yes, I think yeah. you're right. I think that's yeah. Yellowstone actually became protected before the National Park Service was established. Um, yeah, so we are on the newer side. So actually, the reason our organization exists, we became a nonprofit in order to say like this part this place needs to be a national park mm-hmm. so we ex- we came to be in 1965 as an organization oh, okay. with the goal of establishing mm-hmm. a park in 1975 um so those are the days of like governor elmer anderson and yeah. sigurd olson they were some of the big players in the formation of the park obviously it was controversial um really people had family cabins there oh that yeah they, Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. Throughout uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Does anyone live there? Or did anyone? 
for Native sure. Americans lived? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the Ojibwe community um, mm-hmm. traded with the Voyagers. Um, wonderful Ojibwe history there. But yeah, so there's different human history periods that are represented here. So we have the fur trade. Um, we have the Native American history. We have the forest industry. So a lot of logging happen. Very brief gold rush with quotation marks. Um yeah, and then moving into a period of time where there were resorts and family cabins, and then, you know, this organization comes in and says, let's protect this in perpetuity, but we need mm-hmm. you to sell your family cabin. So that's obviously um, tough, and I think... So did they sell it to... The government, the federal okay. government. Yeah. yeah, okay. Did did they... Like, I know when the BWCA was created, they there were people who were allowed to sort of live out the remainder of their lives are there still people in the park who yeah who's once they pass then their land now becomes well it's already parkland but they're allowed to live their life out yeah for sure and that's actually one of the things our nonprofit does is we help buy that land from people that want to sell it um, because the federal government sometimes does work on the slower side mm-hmm. uh we're able no, to <laughs> no kidding yeah so we'll step in and we'll work with a landowner when uh-huh. they're ready to sell and buy that land and then add it to the park okay yeah uh-huh. and are is is the like my understanding would be that the bulk of it is owned. are you sort of nibbling around the edges like filling in the gaps around the edges or are there larger chunks of land Just within the park that like are your typical private? minnesota family cabin like couple acres and they are within and within the park and on the edge of the park okay Mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah so um what do you do other than this you live here in the cities Mm -hmm. Uh, we're gonna get into your own life and legacy a little bit (laughs) because you came from pennsylvania to minnesota (laughs) to work at a nonprofit to to protect our lands up north that's pretty cool it is which is really freezing up north well, yeah, it's freezing yes. here. Minnesota, I mean, this is not a nice place to live, remember, guys. We, oh, right, we, we don't to, want anyone moving. Yeah, we don't want to sell Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota to people. No, no, oh, we don't? it's terrible. It's oh, no, no don't move it. I'm just kidding. We do this all the time. <laughs> it's an old, tired old joke of ours here. That St. Paul sucks. Uh, Crystal's terrible. Elk River's bad. And don't move to Minnesota. Crystal, and actually, yeah. we love it all. Do <laughs> you even know about Crystal? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, the look on her face. Oh. Like, oh, you said Crystal. <laughs> Crystal's okay. Yeah, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's a great place. Do you have place. any national monuments in your neck of the woods, Jim? No. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Do they have any monuments to Jim and Crystal? Not yet. Oh. No. no. <laughs> so, so you yeah. moved up here, and you love it, of course. And you're and you're married? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Recently. Recently. Oh, after okay. a 10 year partnership. Right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> where did you get married? Um, I actually got married in Asheville, North Carolina. <gasps> oh, that's so Which pretty. is where my parents live now. Okay. Yeah. That's gorgeous. So, do you, you've been here how long? 13 years. Longest by far I've lived anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, what? I have a Minnesota accent. My Pennsylvania relatives make fun of my O's. Um, so oh, I feel yeah. pretty established. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely, you've got it yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> Do people always ask you if you've watched Fargo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they talk <laughs> oh, like yeah. that? Do they, oh, yeah. Do they talk like that there? Yes, Grandma. They, yeah. And they do. Of course, they, they do. everyone. All day. 
Um, yeah, I moved. I moved here for the nonprofit community. I actually used to work for the Nature Conservancy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that my day to day job had to reflect my passion for the environment, mm. yeah. and that it couldn't just be a hobby. It had to be my everyday. And so it was cool to work there because they're such a large organization and kind of learn. Um, like all they're working like all over the world doing huge habitat restoration stuff and and so it was fun to be able to learn from I feel like they're like the masters and they're Mm -hmm. like the pros and then this part of my career has been for like small business owners and small nonprofit owners it is like such a different you're you you are your day-to-day is everything you're doing everything from talking to a supporter or getting interviewed or (laughs) running your own payroll and making sure you have tape and pens Mm -hmm. and you're just juggling everything but I just love that my days are never the same Mm -hmm. it is extremely dynamic um my really cool thing that I love is I kind of get to be in the center of three big things which makes me sound cooler than I am but no no you're you're plenty cool go ahead like I have the National Park Service yeah. So I have this these amazing, amazing park service people that actually, they do all the, you know, they run the park. They manage the park. Um, and then I have my organization, which kind of puts me connected to people who are like huge national park passionate people who are just like, I want to volunteer. Or I want to write my congressman or I want to give a gift. And so I'm with all these passionate people that just love the outdoors, park rangers who are just cool. Um, and then my organization, which is like really, you know, staff who are like nonprofit people, Mm -hmm. you're never giving them the thanks they, you know, and we have awesome volunteers and like our board of directors. And so I going to get to connect these pieces together and create like a public private partnership that elevates and creates this legacy of our national park and really like telling that story. And, and we do know that these places are not we can't take them for granted. Mm-mm. Like we have no. to be a voice for them. And so obviously your work is very fulfilling to you. And I have to congratulate you because I think for a lot of people, they struggle to find that in their life. So yeah. what you're doing is actually very meaningful. Yeah. And why is it, and I won't get all weird, but why is it we, we undervalue and underappreciate people who do this type of work? Like, like, as you say, nonprofit people, and yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like, like the people who are, who educate our children, who, yeah. you know, watch our parents, who safeguard parks are the people we pay the least. And we, it's not that we don't value them. It's that we, we don't value, we don't show them mm-hmm. how much we value them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I don't think it's right. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. I think our, you know, priorities wise, we should be. Uh, I think we're turning around. Yeah. I hope so. You know. I hope so. I mean, I'm not trying to call anyone out. I'm not no. saying it's this person or that person. I'm just saying you should really think about the value that that people who do these services add to the community and kind of how we how yeah, we should think of we them. Yeah, because we can't take, you know, things like national parks for granted or just but we do. for granted. Of course, a lot of people do. Well, I'm, but but I my mean, point, we all, yeah, we, my point yeah. before when saying um, that a lot of people were talking about light pollution and they maybe have never seen the mm-hmm. Milky Way galaxy. When you see that, I think your life perspective changes. So yes. how can we open up that experience to more people? Yeah, by by preserving spaces like yeah. this, exactly. Like Voyagers. Yeah, but I mean, also yeah. just like getting you have to go there too. It's not enough to say. It's not enough to say like, oh, Voyagers is up there. It's great. 
we have to be going to these places too because um there's so much science around like how much nature benefits us Mm -hmm. mentally spiritually Mm -hmm. like just Mm -hmm. a little bit of time outdoors Mm -hmm. like has a huge impact on your health and so no matter what job you do if you're high up ceo of a corporation like that's a you know you need to be going to this place to like Mm -hmm. recharge your your soul and and there's ways for you to give back too and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's yep, so. That's, that's what I started Earth Ed for is to make sure that people get out. Cool. Yeah. Doing because well, it's cool really just telling to. the story of this land mm-hmm. too. You know, which you know you kind of do in this here. You know, I mean, you have the pamphlet, but then when you go up there, is there a center? Like, is there a little history area? You know, that kind of helps also. Yeah. Like, so there's um, the visitor centers have like your typical displays and information about the history and the ecology mm-hmm. um so there's a visitor center on rainy on ash river and on cabotogma so if you've never been up to the park you could kind of start your experience there and and read that you know talk to a park ranger read um read the displays and kind of get get your feet wet before you get your feet wet oh yeah you see what uh, I did yeah, there? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like that because it's a park with a lot of water 40 percent. i get it I 40 percent all right yeah. so what's the best hike you've been on mm. okay there are about 50 miles of hiking trails my favorite is the cruiser lake trail mm-hmm. unique in that you have to boat to it so it <laughs> okay i'm liking this <laughs> all right sarah said hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah she's like hmm. where's my wine yeah that's what oh, sarah no, says. No, no, no. oh man <laughs> <laughs> poor sarah and her wine yeah he, i will remind people his face lit up when you said that the houseboat people would bring whiskey yeah yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah that's just a <laughs> reminder okay all right back okay. to but you can take your hike. houseboat there cruiser yes. lake trail oh. okay. cuts across the peninsula mm-hmm. and so this is a roadless kind of wilderness peninsula where most of the moose population are so this is an under hiked underused trail so you're going to mm-hmm. have kind of most of the trail to yourself maybe mm-hmm. sharing it with a moose or some wildlife I'm not going to say you're going to see a moose, but... What do you do if you see a moose? Mm. Um, let's see. What are you... No, don't look it in the eyes. <laughs> Certain amount of distance. Right. Don't Just, try to know, pet it. Normal. Yeah. <laughs> don't try to pet the normal moose. Safety do not measures. approach. Um, <laughs> don't try and take a picture with yeah. it. May, may I interject? No, no. no yeah. I want her to finish her story. But on the- I want, yeah, but moose, we got to talk about hold, the moose. Hold your, hold your follow-up. Okay, yeah. I'll do and a follow-up. That's fine. Okay. I'll just That's end fine. by saying it's it's about nine miles. You could camp on it or you could do it in a day depending on your level. And mm-hmm. there's and are beautiful there designated little interior, campsites? There's a couple on that trail. There's what we call interior lakes dotting that trail. And it's a great place to go in July and pick blueberries. Oh. Oh, that sounds huh. nice. Oh, yeah. she yeah. makes some jam. Shit, I got two follow-ups now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So nine miles. Yes. Sounds nice. Yeah. Mooses. Pretty, you know. Sounds really nice. Through boreal forest. God, it's mm-hmm. So this yeah. is one of your favorite hikes. So. Yeah, that's my yep. favorite hike in okay. the park for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. I, uh, Sam's just jumping out of no, his skin. No, this I, is his wheelhouse. I, I know, I know. Well, yeah. no, but, got, I mean, you, yeah. go ahead, go but we want to, we, you know. We're tag team in this. Yeah, yeah we got okay, some facts okay. we're going right. yeah. to give give out. We have some moose facts. Well, um, the, the moose is actually the most dangerous animal you're going to encounter in the forest out there. 
Okay. The, and it's not that you don't, it's not that moose are all that dangerous, but like the bears, the bears will get into your food mm -hmm. and bear, bear attacks though infrequent are, are highly publicized. You mm -hmm. know, that like you hear about a bear attack and everyone's like, oh my God, the bears are attacking again. They don't actually attack people. But um, if a moose goes after you, if a bull moose especially goes after you, they'll kill you because they're, they're big, strong animals. And they don't do that very often, but you just need to give them their space. Sure, they're not used to the yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you see a moose, just give it its space. You know, don't, don't try and, and it's like bison in, in Yellowstone. They're right. actually more dangerous than the wolves are, yes. you know. Mm -hmm. um, though they're not out to kill you either. Just stay away from them. But, uh, and then blueberries, for, for anyone, and this is like 98.7, I read this somewhere, I'm making it up, I'm making up facts, okay. uh, percent of the population have not had a wild blueberry versus, versus what you get in the store. The, the store-bought blueberries are one thing, hmm. wild blueberries in places like Voyagers National Park are so much better. It's oh, like, like an extraordinary yeah. difference between the two. Yes. Huh. Cool. Yeah. If you've if you've not ever had, and it is usually mid mid July mm -hmm. through early August, but mid July is when the blueberries are kind of mm -hmm. at their peak. If you haven't had wild blueberries, you have to go try that. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. I would also. Um, Okay, fun things to eat in Voyagers. Oh. Yes. Since we're talking yes. about blueberries. Nice. Yes. Uh, so we have a hotel in the middle of the park that is only accessible by water mm. theme um called the kettle falls hotel in the middle of the park yes so built in 1918 i believe 1918 or 1913 on the edge of the peninsula oh. and so we're talking uh, a place where that was very active um during the logging era, you know, people mm -hmm. are staying there. There's photos of all the logs out on the water being transferred through that region. Um, very active during the Prohibition mm -hmm. era as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking U.S. Canadian sure. liquor going both bootlegging, ways. Bootlegging, a lot of a lot of good bootlegging in Voyagers. Um, so the Kettle Falls Hotel, you can. Um, I one thing I think is cool talking about ways to experience nature. You could be camping for like four nights, kayaking, whatever. You know, eating. You know, you're at the end of your freeze dried food pack, and you could paddle <laughs> or boat to Kettle Falls and just enjoy a cold beer and a walleye sandwich in the uh, middle of a national park. Wow. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Stuff. I know that sounds great. It's like no, you, that's it's super like, important that you yeah. say. Like I would never guess that there's a hotel. So is it booked? Like, I mean, you can stay there. Uh, okay. There's also just like a restaurant and a bar. Uh, mm -hmm. The bar is really cool. And like they say, you've had too many beers if you think the floor is level. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll let you experience that for yourself. Okay. But yeah, dotted throughout the park. So obviously there's boreal forest, lake. Um, hiking trails, your your typical outdoorsy stuff, but then mm -hmm. there's also historic sites dotted throughout the park that yep. kind of represent dif different periods in human history. So right. there's like an old logging camp. There's the oh, Kettle okay. Falls Hotel. Cool. There's the Ellsworth Rock Gardens, which is just this so weird and bizarre, random rock sculpture sculpture garden in the middle of a national park. Hmm. So there's That's just like right funky places. Yeah, like as you're boating around the park and experiencing voyagers, you can stop at all these places and learn mm -hmm. about different moments in time. When was the rock uh, sculpture thing made? It's the 1950s, I believe. 1950s? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there, um, is there, 
and I'm going to try and be as direct but delicate as possible. Is there? Do we pay homage to the Native American population that once lived there? Not like, as well as we could or that's should. That's something we should do better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I think you can learn about that in the visitor center. The other thing there is there are sites within the park that are spiritually important to current Native American communities and yeah. advertising them broadly to the public is not something we want to do. No. Mm-hmm. So that's the a, other mm-hmm. piece, too, is kind of finding the balance of sharing the story of that history, but also keeping certain places mm-hmm. sacred. Mm-hmm. So we have a we have a memory preservation app where, you oh. know, <laughs> like this oh. is our whole deal, right? <laughs> Life and legacy. That's the, you know, the purpose of our show. And we have this memory preservation thing. And we, we have this sort of cool underutilized part of it where we, with, where you could selectively share the hidden history of places. Sure. You know, that's something that we, we value, we find important. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because I mean, ultimately, the, it's a really without the park service taking that bit of land over, it would have been private properties. It already was, and it was you know, it would have just kept getting parcelled into smaller mm-hmm. pieces of private property. Yeah. So, so you're fighting this like balance between. Yes, the Park Service needed to take it over. The government needed to take it over to protect it from what was already happening. Mm -hmm. But there is a history prior to that where it was not our lands. And it was that that history is important because this was this was someone's highway. Basically, this was the waterway and Mm -hmm. the place they lived. It was Mm -hmm. a very, very important route prior to the fur traders coming. Even They, they learned that route from their native american partners exactly so mm-hmm. yeah just just something to of course yeah keep in there but and i think we talk a lot about like camping and the the ecological significance of voyagers but there is so much cultural and historical significance and the national park service preserves that but i i do think there's so many stories to tell there like mm-hmm. even just modern day the people that you know, living up in northern Minnesota, it's a little remote. It's mm-hmm. a different style of living. You said a little remote? A little remote. <laughs> different. It's a little remote yeah. for Christina. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a little like, remote for everyone. People who, like, live and work there, and either whether you're, like, running a lodge or you're a fishing guide or you're a park ranger, like, you are, you have to be, like, a passionate human to, to mm-hmm. like, live more of a hearty mm-hmm. style of life up there. I think that's fair. Yeah. Hearty is a good yeah. word for that. Yeah. Yeah, and passionate human. I mean, it, it's true. You Like, if a person were to choose where they live, they may not choose to live there. You, you know, you might go to somewhere where life is just a little easier. Yeah. But uh, when you do actually make that choice, you, you know, I think people embrace it's it. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. And it's... And it is a an absolutely gorgeous place to to spend time too. So. Yes. Yep. I like it. So, what are you doing in the cities? It's okay. We've got. I, yeah, I mean, I'm we, I'm envisioning you like kayaking through all the lakes. But you live you know? here and work here. Right? I know. I wish. I'm like I'm not that outdoorsy, which is why I'm a good voyagers person. Like I'm not going to go on a backpacking trip. Right. Whatever that 
boxes on my back. I'm <laughs> the one again. Yeah, the like I'm. I hear you. I'm buying the blow up, the larger blow up mattress for I, my tent. I hear you. Yeah, like I, I enjoy that. the outdoors with some with some comfort. Okay, I, yeah. right. I have a challenge. <laughs> oh boy. No, I mean. Oh boy. Oh boy is right. Um, okay. So I do guide. <laughs> wilderness trips and and still intend to guide more you know like like when you finish when you finish your last trip uh maybe i have to say i'm a retired guide now because i haven't done a trip in you know four months or whatever (laughs) since since october but Mm -hmm. but like i intend to go on more and i would say the challenge i would put out to our listeners is i totally understand what you're talking about with comfort camping I would be willing to bet that I could take the three of you, and I'm not saying you guys actually have to do this, but I could take the three of you not loving the the outdoors on a, let's say, four-night. We love the outdoors. No, no. Yeah. I yeah. said that right. the wrong way. Not not understanding oh. that the wilderness is accessible to sure. you mm-hmm. um, and that it's, it's much more comfortable than you might think. In fact, sure. I took my father up you into did. the Boundary Waters this in October, and... He spent a lot of time in the outdoors, uh, you know, a very wildernessy guy, but he'd never been on a canoe trip and never camped at different sites consecutively, you know, yep. night after night moving. So you don't know what that is. Like when you don't right. know, you don't you yeah. don't understand just how good the food can be, how well, comfortable the and accommodations you know, and can be. And you know why? That's due to you because you're experienced and you're a planner. Whereas, yes. you know, like the food thing would kind of confuse me. I mean, oh, I get, I, you I know totally what I mean? Understand. So you're, yes. you're good so, at that. So people are yeah. comfortable. Christina, when you go, are you going with experience? Are you, who are you going camping with? Yeah. If I'm going camping in the park, I will, um, I know enough to be dangerous again, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah. the cool thing is up there, you can work with so many people. So right. there's like, I have some friends that own local guide services mm-hmm. and they'll drop me off at my campsite. So if you don't even want to navigate a boat at all, mm-hmm. right? you know, a business will drop you off at your campsite mm-hmm. and then you can just hang and experience the outdoors for a few days Super. and get picked up at the mm-hmm. end of your trip. Okay. Yeah. And navigating it is actually, so there's a lot of barriers to entry. One is thinking that, thinking that you're going to die. Like, no, you're not going to die. You're going to make it. Uh, another one is that you're not going to be comfortable buy or rent the right equipment mm-hmm. and you will sleep comfortably mm-hmm. you'll enjoy yourself mm-hmm. yeah. another one is that you're going to be like the food is going to suck it doesn't have to suck do a little bit of research you can figure out like i don't do a lot of freeze-dried food you can do that um, but you can actually pack and make really nice food oh, yeah. too and another one is navigation and so most of us most of my friends here in the cities couldn't tell you east from west and north from south, right? So you get out into the wilderness, and honest to God, every island looks like every other island. Sure. And, you, you know, everything kind of looks the same. And I think a big fear is that you're going to get lost. And a place like Voyagers, like you say, someone will, they can bring you to the place if you need it. Yeah. And there's a very helpful community out there. I've experienced it myself. If you are... You're never so remote there that you can't find someone who would happily lend you a hand if For you sure. need it. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, wave. Yeah. And say, "I need some help," and someone will come. For like, sure. That's, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just to demystify some of that 
wildernessy stuff. Sure. People do need to go enjoy this place. Well, and when you're using a motorboat, you're kind of like car camping, is what I would say. So, like, yeah. me and my friends made a full Thanksgiving dinner. We camped there this summer. We made Thanksgiving meal. We even had a tablescape on the picnic table. Yeah. We may have set up a bar. You know, you can... Okay, now I'm getting your picture right now. I get you're it. Good. I get it. Yeah. That sounds yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very, very nice. Yes, yes. yes. I love the campsites. That's my favorite part. And I, I did not know that it was uh, intentional that from each site you can't see another site. That's really yeah. cool of them to do that. Yeah. And I know the sites I've stayed at out there. So I've done the houseboat. I've done the, you know, paddling, uh, just boating as well. The places I've stayed have been gorgeous. It's like you're fighting, you know, when, when you're wilderness camping, you're thinking, okay, there's they've marked all of these spots. I need to get to a good one. Right, right, right. And you're They're thinking, all good. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking, so, oh, my God, I might yeah, not get to a good oh, one. They're amazing. all good. Yeah. I always get asked what campsite, and like, it doesn't matter. No, no they're really yeah. good. Your campsite really will be cool. fine wherever yeah. you go. But it's yeah. got to be pretty packed during the peak you know, season. It is not. You know, the week of maybe like July, yeah. obviously summer, you know, we have um, July is a busier time. Mm-hmm. I need to stop saying this, but the end of August and September is very quiet and okay. quite wonderful. First week of September. <laughs> I hate saying this to everyone. First week of September is epic. There's no bugs. It's rolling oh, off. Right, but it's so right. warm during the day. Families, you know. Right. There's pick of the any campsite. Yeah. But yeah, if you, um, so right now you could go online, you could reserve your campsite for 2020. Okay. You um, would probably still have your pick of maybe like the really close campsites on 4th of July weekend are going to be booked, but mm-hmm. um, we are not always full to capacity because again, under visited. So right. if you're willing to go further out into the park, you're going to get a campsite. Hmm. And mm-hmm. you should be willing. Yes. It is. Okay. It's well worth it. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, you guys. Um, let's see. Is there anything that we, what is the, um, the website yeah. so that people can find more information? Sure. So we're at voyagers.org. Voyagers.org. Uh, V-O-Y-A-G-E-U-R-S.org. Oh, you said that way too fast. I, we'll, we'll get it it's in fine. the notes. No. Don't you <laughs> worry. It's, no, it's like when you get a phone call and they're like, I emphasize it's the yeah. French spelling, E-U-R-S, yeah. voyagers. A French spelling of voyagers. You know. Yep. Um, so that's our nonprofit website, but we also have resources about exploring the park. Um, there are several gateway communities that have websites, and the National Park Service is nps.gov slash V-O-Y-A. So that's the park site. Voya. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Yep. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you got going on? You in a band? Everyone who comes on our show is in a band. Oh, I know. I'm or they not play that cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, you're plenty cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Plenty cool. No. in a band. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, that's fine. No, I just love, no, I'm like totally just go to other national parks is definitely one of my things. I've been that crossing a few other ones off uh, my list. Um, I know there's a lot of people that try to do them all. And so I've, I went to Grand Teton, Acadia. It's fun to learn how other partners are working with their mm-hmm. parks throughout the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we are other things going on. We are building a new hiking trail in the park. So that will be my new favorite hiking opportunity. That's one of our, um, 
signature projects for 2020. Cool. Um, if you do live in northern Minnesota, we have a Pint of Science series. So we are doing monthly. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Pint of Science? Yeah. Let, all right. Just that explain that just like a smidge plus, more. Yeah. Because that sounds yeah. right up our alley. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> science in a, in a, with a beer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So not more complicated than that. But or introducing soda. like or a soda. You do not have to. Yes kombucha whatever root beer <laughs> uh, yeah we just i think one of the other things like you go to a national park and you don't even know all the things that are going on behind the scenes like right. there's a lot of science and research happening or even mm-hmm. land management that's happening you know we're talking about climate change adaptation to our forests invasive species that we have to remove like these parks don't just sit there and mm-hmm. look that way i guess um, so there's a lot of cool science going on behind the scenes and, and that's what we're trying to tell the story of through this series. So our last one, we talked about the cattail project, which is basically talking about an invasive species choking out some of our wetlands and mm-hmm. how we're getting rid of it. Um, what that, invasive species, if you don't it mind? Is, um, it is a hybrid species of cattail. That hybrid. is okay. So they don't have like starry stonewort or any of that we stuff. We don't have starry. Um, we don't have zebra mussels. We do have spiny water flea. Mm, who want to get buggers. nerdy here and throw out some species? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like it. <laughs> and our next one will be with the Voyagers Wolf Project that I mentioned yeah, before. That's so cool. yeah, they'll have yeah again. Follow them or us on Facebook for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I want. Awesome. I want people to go to Voyagers, but I know there's a park somewhere in Middle America, South, where they where they have tilled the field and you can uh, hunt for diamonds. Do you know which one that is? No. No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, there's like a place you can go, and it's a national park because I have I have children, and I've talked about like if you visit parks, here's some of the fun things, and there's one where they like they actually have diamonds, and people can go and. You can just sort of Learn mine for diamonds mining. on the field. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, we'll figure let's it out. look that up. Yeah, it sounds let's like there'd be a that. line. We have free, no. free canoe rides. <laughs> sounds oh. a lot cooler. That, yeah, sounds uh, a lot yeah. more feasible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. funny. All right, you guys. Christina, thank Christina, you for thank coming you very in. Much. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you. Really yes. appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.